0: We're now, as promised, I'm delighted to have on the phone Sheldon Phillips. Borida to you, Sheldon. Borida. Now, you've come on to tell us about your book. And it's a fascinating story, actually, isn't it? Because it's, uh, we'll end up in a minute talking about the only time that the nationalised Edward of Wales came to Pontypridd, which is actually at the end of the century before last. Um, but it is due to return, obviously. And that and that, that sort of prompted you to, to write this book, No One Remembers Pontypree, the forgotten story of the 1893 national I said Icedford of Wales. And, of course, you're coming to uh, Ponty next week to, to launch it. And we'll talk about that in a minute. You followed your own family tree, didn't you, back into the past and found that your relatives were involved in this?
1: Yes, absolutely. I mean, I didn't start off writing the story of this high steadford i started off tracing my family history and uh, it was during and uh, the unfortunate pandemic in 2020 when uh, everybody had a lot more time on their hands so um, i started to do some uh, research um, i'd done some research on the, my mother's side of the family and uh, i started to look at uh, my father's side of the family who was from pontepree and um, discovered that um my great uncle uh, David Phillips was the secretary of the Nationalized Food. so I thought well oh, that's uh, that sounds interesting but then the more I looked into it <laughs> the more interesting it became um all sorts of odd things like Chicago bidding for the Staford and uh, probably like most of your listeners when they heard Chicago bidding for the Nationalized Edford of Wales you think, well, what on earth is that about? So I had a look at that, and then there weren't—it uh, wasn't an official record for this uh, this Isteadford. So it just got very, very intriguing. Um, and there was also a, a bitter dispute between Pontypool and Swansea for the 1891 Isteadford, which um, Pontypool lost out to Swansea. So there's lots of um, lots of stories in all this that um, led me to. To write, to write this book and it sort of coincidentally meant that um, next year almost 500 days to go um, is coming back to RCT
0: Well it is indeed and of course it, it doesn't surprise me at all that if you dig back into history you find some skullduggery and a little <laughs> yes. a little bit of unorthodox behaviour because I, I had a similar interview with a guy called Dean Powell who's a local historian Oh yes,
1: I, yes, I know Dean yes.
0: and he's written, um, he's written a history of some of the choirs in the area Yes And I mean, my goodness, that's pretty colourful stuff.
1: Yes. (laughs) Yes, absolutely. And you've
0: you've got a a relative, haven't you, who was in the choir that precedes Cormibian.
1: Well, uh, again, um, uh, another bit of interesting family history that um, David Phillips, who I mentioned, was the secretary of the Eisteddfod, was also um, a a conductor for the male voice choir, Potipri, male voice choir, Um, And that, uh, the original uh, Pontypris Male Voice Choir started just after the Eisteddfod in 1893. Um, Now, the current Cormaibion Pontypris, Trace their roots back to um, 1949. But I think what happened, it it sort of reformed from those early days of uh, of 1893. So there's a whole separate story, probably a separate book about uh, uh, Pontypris Choir and um and their efforts to win the uh the nationalised themselves in the uh, in the nineteen thirties. So um yeah, so another um, uh, another offshoot, another interesting story there. And and I think one of the um fascinating things that I saw was Pontiprigus had, had a pavilion hosting twenty thousand people. The biggest pavilion that had ever been built. But this wasn't a canvas and ropes. This was an iron and glass structure that they'd built Specifically um, for the Osteadford in Ernest Garrett Park, and it was a, a fantastic structure. And uh, by comparison, Wales rugby team had beaten England that year at Cardiff Arms Park to win the uh, Home Nations Championship for the very first time. Uh, they beat England 11-10 at Cardiff Arms Park, and there were 15,000 there. <laughs> but, but, but here at Pontypreys. Uh, watching the uh, mixed choirs, the male voice choirs, you had a full house, 20,000 people um, at, that, uh, at that pavilion in Ernst Park, and, and all of them singing as well in between uh, the competitions, singing the popular hymns of the day. So that atmosphere must have been absolutely incredible.
0: Well, you could probably hear them in Aberdeen, actually. <laughs> yes, yes. <laughs> and imagine building a building big enough to house 20,000 people and then taking it yes. down again.
1: Yes, exactly, exactly. Um, and there was a story there about where it exactly was. I've uh, managed to track that down and, you know, what happened to it after the dead um, but Again, that uh, took a bit of digging, but um, I've managed to work that one out as well.
0: It's fascinating, really. I, well, obviously, as you, as you dig into these things, I mean, I'm intrigued by how Chicago got into the running to stage the nationalised Edward. If, if you'd said Patagonia, I wouldn't have been so surprised, except that, you know, the chances of people coming back from that, you know, with the sort of communications they had in those days, you'd sort of wave goodbye to them and maybe see them in five years' time. Yes, They're going yes. over to compete in that one, so it wasn't very practical. But, well, do you know anything about the Chicago element?
1: Uh, oh, yes, yes. Um, I've, I've, I've put in some detail uh, in the book uh, about that Chicago link. Okay. But uh, just to give you a, a short flavour, uh, probably not a lot of people may know that Chicago was, uh, in essence, established by emigrants um, from Wales ah. who established the city. So they had quite a large Welsh population in Chicago. Um, and the uh, other interesting fact I found out that the state of Illinois, not so long ago, declared that uh, March the first in, in Illinois would be officially regarded as Saint David's Day, oh wow, uh, in recognising the uh, contribution that people from Wales had made to Chicago and the state of Illinois generally.
0: And is it a so, public yeah. holiday?
1: <laughs> I, I don't know about Because that be ahead I of us
0: then? If it was,
1: <laughs> yes. <laughs> But he was certainly, um, you know, he went to the state legislature uh, and, um, yeah, it was formally recognised. So um, that gives a bit of a clue as to there's a bit more of a story to that as well. But um, that's one one of the key reasons. And, of course, the Nationalised Edford had already been outside Wales, not quite as far as Chicago, but to Birkenhead and Liverpool and London. So perhaps the people of Chicago were thinking that they might actually get it across to Chicago. Um, but obviously that didn't happen.
0: Well, in more recent times, that's happened at the Tour de France, hasn't it? Yes. You expect yes. to find it in France, and it's <laughs> in Bournemouth. Yes,
1: yes. Something like that. But, but interestingly enough, there were some people who uh, actually supported um, their steps of going to, um, going to Chicago because they thought it would uh, improve and increase the profile of whales across the world. So um, there was an interesting debate uh, about that
0: well the welsh government is still doing that actually there's quite a lot of activity in sort of selling whales abroad that goes on yeah. now quite sophisticated actually around, yeah. around the world and, and and separate from you know uk government initiatives in, in the states oh well, well that's fascinating well obviously they'll need <laughs> i don't want you to blow what's in the book you know they'll no. need to buy the book to to read the detail <laughs> of chicago obviously yes. i'm going to give away the plot yes you, exactly you sent me a one-page synopsis which is actually very clever
1: the other, the other interesting thing about Pontypriest was, uh, you know, digging back in, into history, um, because of uh, particularly because of the the Rocking Stone uh, on Pontypris Common, um, it was a, a focal area for uh, Druidism and bards of the day, um, and Potiphris, um had a reputation for singing and for poetry. Um, so, you know, it, it was a, a hotbed of, of that uh, Druidic culture. And the, and the famous um, Yolo Morganug, um, Edward Williams, who actually established the um, Druidic ceremonies that are now used at the Nationalist Edward, was a regular visit, visitor to Pontypridd. Um And, you know, I said, the localised Edford were held at, at the Rocking Stone, and it was a uh, sort of a mystical and magical place. And... Um, and obviously it's a, a scheduled monument now, I think, by Cadu, re, re reflecting the, the history of the area.
0: And the current Archdruid of Wales has uh, written the foreword to your book, hasn't he? <laughs> he,
1: he has. He's very kindly uh, did that. Um, I, I was lucky to be given an introduction to uh, Merthenabdavid and um, he, he asked to see um, a, a, a draft of the book. And um, when he saw it, um, he, he was... Um, uh, very happy to uh, to put his name to it and, uh, and and write a short forward for me, which I'm, I'm very very grateful for. Um, but it, it is, um, I mean, not only have, have I written about the Pontypridd Isteadford, as a background, I've given a, a very brief synopsis of the history of, of the Isteadford and and where it all came from. And um, to be honest, Terry, you know, I've learned a lot as well about my own Welsh heritage. And um, it's absolutely, absolutely fascinating to, uh, to track back the years and, and see how all this has developed. And obviously the, the Welsh language and what happened to the, the Welsh language and its uh, resurgence, if you like, uh, through the Nationalised Edford.
0: Well, that's interesting and, in itself, isn't it? Because over it, the history yeah. of the Nationalised the, the the amount of use of the Welsh language has varied quite a lot.
1: Yes, yes. And, uh, you know, it was... I think, 1950 in Caerphilly when the um, Welsh-only rule was introduced. But prior to that, you know, the English language was uh, was used quite frequently. And in the 1893 one, there were recitations in uh, English and Welsh, and there were translations and so on. But it was reflecting some of the uh, the issues of the day as well.
0: Yes, well, there's been, of course, a massive resurgence in interest in, in the Welsh language since the um, devolution has happened. You know, and the Welsh government uh, fish, right. officially bilingual and so on. And enormous numbers of people are learning now. I mean, I think during the pandemic, you mentioned that it was great, yep. a great time for you to do your research because you couldn't go yep. out anyway. Well, a yep. lot of a lot of people were learning Welsh during that time. Yep. It seems. Yep. Um, yeah. So so it's definitely back. But yes, when Princess Elizabeth, uh, who was still a princess, went yeah. to the one in Mountain Ash, I think, in 1946, she was given some kind of, you know, gong for, for, yeah. for turning up and uh, thoroughly enjoyed herself and brought her kids back when she was queen, of course, and sp- had spoke some Welsh at a, a, another one, uh, which uh, was, uh, you know, held a few years later. And uh, she fell in love with the the whole thing and, yeah. you know, well, I was going to say forced, that's not the right word, she obliged her son, now our king, to learn the language properly before yeah. his investiture. So it's got yeah. an interesting connection there. But I noticed that she was given an honorary title or something, you know, one of the, the titles, yes. Bardic titles, yes, but it was sort right. of subtly withdrawn later that's after right. the change of language rule.
1: Yeah, yeah, that's right. That's absolutely true. And, um, yeah, I mean, the other thing that... Um, You know, it's it's come to my mind is that, you know, I'm not a Welsh speaker and um, all my uh, relatives that I I talk about, David Phillips, who was the secretary and so on. All my uh, relatives going back generations were all Welsh speakers. Um, And then there was that uh, period of time where, well, uh, English was was forced upon us, Mm -hmm. if you like. Mm -hmm. Um, And, you know, my father didn't speak Welsh and, and I don't speak Welsh. And that's one of the things I regret now, that, um, you know, I can't converse in, in the tongue of my country. And, uh, and yet all my ancestors uh, clearly did.
0: Well, if you look in the foundation stones of all the chapels and, you know, official buildings that are here and have been here for a couple of hundred years, you'll find that they're in Welsh, in, in Ponty. Yeah. Mm. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Because um, yeah. it was, you know, it was the you know key language, and then the industrial revolution came along, and I suppose a load of people came from from England, and there was, as yeah. you say, a very regrettable, um, well, suppression really, and people yeah. stood in the corner with a dunce's cap on. You yeah, know, that's right. And that was just dreadful, dreadful, typical yeah. colonial stuff. You know, yeah. which we sure should be ashamed of. Um, but it, it's very much on the way back now, I think, which is a very healthy yeah. thing, a very, very healthy yeah. thing indeed. Um you know, so uh yeah, it well it, it's 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 great and, and I'm sure people will find your book fascinating. Now you're launching it at Pontybreath Museum on Wednesday next, aren't you?
1: Yes, yes, that's right. Um five thirty till seven thirty. Um it's free admission. There will be some refreshments as well. And um Helen Potter um is very kindly gonna host the evening for us. Um she is, as you probably know, is the chair of the um uh, Rhonda Cunningham Taff, I Stedford for 2024. So um, no doubt she'll be saying a few things about that. I don't think there's any major announcements, Terry, so don't get too excited. But uh, she'll certainly be painting a picture of uh, of the RCT I for, for next year with uh, almost 500 days to go. And uh, obviously um, I'll be talking about uh, about the book and there'll be opportunities uh, to buy signed signed copies. And um, we've got a guest appearance from called My Beyond Pottypreet as well. Um, so delighted that, um, that they will be there uh, singing a few songs um, and uh, encouraging uh, anybody who might be interested in joining the, uh, the male voice choir to, um, to also um, sign up as well if, if, uh, if, if, if they would like. So, uh, so that's great. So I think it's going to be a, a fabulous evening and um, look forward to seeing uh, lots of people there.